Thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. If you have not, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight, where we have some amazing merch and plenty of other things for you guys. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast, where we produce and develop the highest quality gaming research in podcast form. I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And I'm your host, Derek Baker. And we're taking it back to the Indie Spotlight, the Itty Bitty Indie Committee, as they call it. Um, I don't know what we're calling it. These are the shorter episodes featuring some of our favorite indie games or indie titles that have just made a big splash. Uh, But we want to give you the bite-sized num-num-nums of it to go through it. And this one today, is it critically acclaimed? Kinda. I actually don't know, but I know that it's one of Derek and I's favorites kind of growing up that really established the Xbox Live Arcade as really like an actual powerhouse and not just random like mobile games turned Xbox games or like demos turned Xbox games. And today we're gonna be talking about Castle Crashers. A lot of staying power with Castle Crashers. Just recently got a release, a physical release, finally, for the Nintendo Switch. And yeah, talk about growing up with this. That makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit that it's been that long (laughs) since this game came out. But lots and lots of hours put into this game. You're 100% right that it was probably the first and and most impactful xbox not the first xbox arcade game but the most impactful xbox arcade game and really made you dive a little deeper into that xbox arcade because there were a lot of indie titles a lot of smaller made games that were available within the xbox uh, digital store that just it was so easy to gloss over all that stuff at least for me until castle crashers hit us up on the scene yeah Let's rhyme all the all the time. On time in the grime. In the grime. <laughs> so let's let's jump into it. So Castle Crashers is a 2D side-scrolling hack and slash video game developed by the Behemoth. The Xbox 360 version was released on August 27th, 2008 via Xbox Live Arcade as part of the Xbox Live Summer of Arcade. The PlayStation 3 version was released in North America on August 31st, 2010, and November 3rd, 2010 in Europe via the PlayStation Network. A Microsoft Windows version, exclusive to Steam, was released on September 26, 2012. The game is set in a fictional medieval universe in which a dark wizard steals a mystical crystal and captures four princesses. Four knights are charged by the king to rescue the princesses, recover the crystal, and bring the wizard to justice. The game includes music created by members of Newgrounds. On June 15th, 2015, the behemoth announced Castle Crashers remastered for Xbox One, while the Steam version received it in the form of a free update. The remastered version features higher quality textures, uncapped frame rate, performance improvements, and an additional minigame. This version was later released for the Nintendo Switch and PS4 on September 17th, 2019. The Behemoth is an American video game development company that was created in 2003 by John Baez, artist Dan Paladin, and programmers Tom Fulp, Brandon LaCava, and Nick Dryberg. Dryberg and LaCava later left the company. 
The Behemoth Development Studio is located in San Diego, California. It's known for producing simple games with Paladin's signature 2D style. Its games are also known for their heavy arcade inspirations, especially among their early games, emulating genres common on the Neo Geo in particular, which Tom Fulp is a noted fan of. During August 2002, Tom Fulp and Dan Paladin collaborated in creating the Flash game Alien Hominid for Newgrounds. The game has since become extremely popular and generated over 20 million hits. Later in the year, Paladin was working on developing a console video game when co-worker Baez approached him. He was a fan of Alien Hominid and asked Paladin if he was interested in developing the game for consoles. When Baez offered to produce the game, Fulp and Paladin eventually agreed, recruited LaCava and Dryberg, and formed the Behemoth in 2003. Several details in their games reveal a connected universe between all of them. Their first console game, Alien Hominid, gained critical acclaim by the media, and the members of the Behemoth quickly gained status as indie developers focused on bringing old-school styles of video games back into mainstream gaming. Some of the minigames from Alien Hominid were ported to iOS in 2011. The Behemoth's second game, Castle Crashers, was released on August 27, 2008, originally for the Xbox Live Arcade service, eventually re-releasing for the PS3 on August 31, 2010, and Microsoft Windows OS X on September 26, 2012. Since its release on Xbox Live Arcade, Castle Crashers has become one of the most downloaded games, with over 2.6 million copies sold as of year-end 2011. Now when it comes to developing the game, Castle Crashers was first revealed on July 14, 2005 at the San Diego Comic-Con International under the working title Ye Old Side-Scroller. However, the game did not receive its title until 2006 Comic-Con when it was announced for Xbox Live Arcade. Though the original Comic-Con 2005 demo was shown running on a GameCube, no mention has been made of a release on a Nintendo-based platform. It was released for the Xbox 360, as Derek had said, and on July 23rd, 2009, the behemoth announced that Casual Crashers would be coming to the PlayStation Network. The game was released for PS3, and then the Microsoft Windows version following. The game's art style was developed by the behemoth's lead artist, Dan Paladin. As the team created new locales and characters, placeholder art was used as a template for look, size, and scale of the final art. Paladin drew multiple partial renditions of a game asset, then selected one for finalization. Although Paladin was the primary source for much of the art, programmer Tom Fulp assisted with the game's art, creating some of the minion creatures for boss characters. Paladin cited River City Ransom as his primary inspiration for the game's art style, noting the character's expressions when damaged as a particular point of influence. Fulp added that several beat-em-ups from the 1980s and 90s influenced the game, such as Guardian Heroes, Final Fight, Golden Axe, and Double Dragon. Much of the music for the game was created by Newgrounds users, and the behemoth contracting over 20 individuals for their tracks. Paladin himself scored two of the tracks in the game. The soundtrack was made available for free on September 1st, 2008 via the Newgrounds website, and development for the game took three years starting after the release of Alien Hominid. Castle Crashers is a side-scrolling hack-and-slash that incorporates a small number of role-playing video game elements. After selecting a character, the player then selects a starting stage through an overworld map. 
After completing a stage, the player has the choice to revisit it or to move to another stage. The map also displays shops where the player character can buy items and weapons using coins gained from defeated foes, bosses, and chests. Arena stages can be unlocked where the player character can take on challenges to unlock additional characters such as the villager. Castle Crashers supports cooperative gameplay for up to four players, either locally or online. The game progression in terms of what stages are unlocked is defined by the player who is furthest along, although some levels require all players to have unlocked them before proceeding to them. However, each player character will gain experience points and acquire wealth, weapons, and animal orbs independently as they progress with the rest of the party. In each stage, the player can use melee and combination attacks. Each character has a unique magical ability. For example, the Red Knight can create lightning bolts. The Green Knight attacks with poison clouds. The Blue Knight shoots out ice shards. And a health meter that, if drained from enemy attacks, will cause the character to fall in battle. In single-player mode, this ends the stage. However, in cooperative multiplayer, other players may attempt to revive the downed character. Characters gain experience points by damaging foes which allow the character to level up. Level 99 is the highest level. Each level gained allows the player to allocate points towards the character's four basic combat attributes. Certain level advances also grant new combination attacks. Progress is tracked for each of the playable characters separately. The character's magic level is also tracked by a meter and regenerates over time. Numerous weapons can be found in the game each that have various effects to the character's attributes when equipped. The player can find animal companions for their character that may assist in battle, improve the character's attributes, or provide another special ability, such as fruits from defeated foes. The player can also pick up sandwiches in battle, which turn the player character into a muscular version of themselves, increasing attack power and opening certain doors. Beating the game unlocks insane mode, where enemies and bosses are 10 times stronger and allows access to the insane store, where players can buy powerful but expensive weapons and animal orbs. The prices in the insane store were lowered in the remastered edition. Each version of the game has two minigames. In Arena, the first minigame, player characters attempt to survive through several waves of enemies or fight each other. This minigame is available on all versions. The 360, Mac OS X, and Microsoft Windows versions features a minigame called All You Can Quap, a button-mashing contest to attempt to eat as much food as possible. The PS3 version, however, features a volleyball minigame for up to four players and four AI characters. The remastered version features a board game-like minigame called Back Off Barbarian, where up to four players must avoid enemies and try to survive for as long as possible. Castle Crashers is set in a fictional medieval universe. It begins with four knights attending a party in a king's castle. During the party, a dark wizard arrives, stealing a mystical gem and capturing four princesses. The king sends the knights to retrieve the gem, rescue his daughters, and bring the wizard to justice. The knights encounter several enemies along the way, including other knights, multiple encounters with a cyclops, and a knight who might be Cyclops' son thieves, a giant catfish, fencers, an industrial prince, ninja pirates, demons, a necromancer, dragon, Medusa from Greek myths, a frost king, and alien invaders. 
As the knights progress, they succeed in rescuing the princesses, and ultimately the journey culminates in a final showdown with the evil wizard. The knights emerge victorious from the confrontation, having defeated the dark wizard, rescuing all the king's daughters, and recovering the mystical gem. The knights then ride the reclaimed gem through several empty battlefields on their trip back to the castle. At the castle, the king brings one of his daughters for one of the knights to kiss, her face veiled throughout the entire game. As with previous levels, the players fight to the death to claim a kiss from the princess. However, when the winner tries to do so this time, the princess is revealed to be a clown, a character that first appeared in an animation by Dan Paladin that blankets the screen in the ending animation with penguins, weasels, kitties, hearts, and rainbow beams. There were also a couple DLCs for the old ye old side-scroller. The Xbox 360 version of the game features four DLC packs. On January 14th, 2009, the King Pack DLC was released and added two characters, another animal orb, and three weapons. A second DLC content pack known as the Necromantic Pack was released and further added two characters, one animal orb, and two weapons, as well as a picture pack for Xbox Live profiles. Both packs are included as part of the full game on the PS3 version of Castle Crashers. Additionally, the title character from the Behemoth's previous title, Alien Hominid, is available to play on the Xbox 360 for those who have purchased Alien Hominid HD. As the Behemoth had no way of telling whether an individual had purchased the PlayStation 2 version of Alien Hominid, the character was included in the PS3 version free of charge. Writing on their blog, the developers explained, we are going to attempt what is the most fair and make the logical assumption that by this point, everyone has PS2 Alien Hominid, right? The Behemoth announced a Pink Knight pack, which features a Pink Knight, an unlockable character in the Xbox Live Arcade version of Super Meat Boy, and five new weapons on February 2nd, 2011. It was released for the PlayStation 3 a couple days later, with a release on the Xbox 360 on August 27th, 2011, along with the Black Smith Pack, which adds one additional character and five new weapons. All proceeds from the content will be donated and was donated to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. If Xbox 360 players own both Castle Crashers and Behemoth's follow-up title, Battle Block Theater, players can unlock Hattie Haddington, a new orb and three new weapons, as well as Castle Crashers content in Battle Block Theater, which is also another fantastic game. On June 15, 2015, the Behemoth announced Castle Crashers Remastered, a remastered version of the game for Xbox One, while the Steam version received it in the form of a free update. The remastered version features higher quality textures, uncapped frame rate, multiplayer performance improvements, and an additional minigame. The Behemoth later stated that a PS4 release was not in their plans due to the small team and limited resources. However, on March 14, 2019, the Behemoth teased a picture via both their Twitter and Facebook accounts depicting four Nintendo Switch Joy-Con in the color of the four original knights. This was followed on March 15, 2019 with a tweet with PS4 controllers, each with the controller's light bar showing colors of each of the four original playable knights, notably green, red, blue, and orange. Both Twitter and Facebook posts state only, see you Tuesday for more things. 
In response to users' comments, the behemoth responded with GIFs, teasing confirmation of the user's predictions of a remastered PS4 release. On March 19, 2019, during PAX East, the behemoth announced that Castle Crashers Remastered would come to both Nintendo Switch and PS4 due to popular demand, and there were demos during the event. Now, there were a couple technical issues that had some hiccups throughout the gaming process, and some users experienced problems finding available online games, as well as their Xbox 360 sometimes freezing when attempting to join an Xbox Live game, or while already in a game. There are certain network settings, said Paladin, where if you're in a very specific network environment, it won't work with another person's connection, and that's what's happening. But that's something we're already addressing by working with Microsoft to get a patch out as fast as possible. In addition to multiplayer problems, the game could also occasionally suffer from corrupted save files, causing players to lose character progress. In an interview with Joystick, Tom Fulp and Dan Paladin of the Behemoth stated that they were working with Microsoft to get a patch released as soon as possible in order to fix all of these issues. A patch for the game was released on December 24th, 2008, fixing glitches and exploits as well as resolving network issues that were experienced at the game's launch. Similar network problems have also been reported for the PlayStation 3 version of the game. The PS3 version of the game only allows one profile to be signed in per console, with additional players being unable to use their own progress rather than that of the profile in use. Castle Crashers was well-received on each platform. Metacritic reports aggregate scores of 82 of 100 on the 360 and 85 of 100 on the PS3. It has been a commercial success, with the Xbox 360 version selling over 2 million copies on the 360 alone as of year-end 2010. 2011's totals were over 2.6 million on Xbox Live Arcade alone. The PS3 version has also done well, moving over 181,000 in 2010. IGN editor Cam Shea ranked it third on his top 10 list of Xbox Live arcade games. He praised it for being both a callback to a much-loved genre and a great piece of game design. Additionally, in a September 2010 ranking, IGN listed Castle Crashers fifth in their top 25 Xbox Live arcade titles of all time. In 2023, Time Extension included Castle Crashers remastered on their top 25 best beat-em-ups of all time. It was voted 2008 Best Game of the Year at the Xbox Live Arcade Awards, and Castle Crashers was also Xbox Live Arcade's best-selling title of 2008. Gaming Target's staff named the game as one of their 40 games we'll still be playing from 2008. By August 2019, ahead of release of the PS4 and Nintendo Switch version, the behemoth reported that Castle Crashers had sold more than 20 million copies. Reviewers universally praised the unique art style of Castle Crashers. GameSpot's Don Francis noted that the crisp art design really makes the game shine. 1UP.com's Andrew Hayward noted that the game's hand-drawn characters, effects, and scenery make the game shine. Dan Whitehead of Eurogamer stated the game's art was more detailed and polished than the behemoth's previous title, Alien Hominid. The game's humor was generally lauded by reviewers. Writing for Gaming Target, Troy Matsumiya stated the game was bigger and funnier than Alien Hominid. Francis and IGN's Hilary Goldstein also praised the game's humor. The gameplay also received high marks from reviewers. Game trailer staff stated that the game has a deceptive simplicity that sucks you right in. 
Goldstein praised the simplistic gameplay and said the game was a modern throwback to classic beat-em-ups. He additionally noted the high replay value and cited the game's four-player multiplayer and number of unlockables as reasons to continually play the game. Several reviewers expressed early frustration in regards to multiplayer connection issues. However, these issues were resolved in a later title update to the game. Francis stated that the connection issues handicapped the multiplayer experience. Despite trying all day and night on launch day, we were only able to get a couple of two-player games going for a couple of levels before the connections were lost, stated Whitehead. Hayward also reported slight connectivity issues in the PS3 version. The PS3 version of the game also received criticism from GameSpot's Carolyn Petit for its additional volleyball game mode, who described it simply as lousy. And, I mean, you know, every game has its bad days, but it gets its updates, and really, I don't know of a better way to describe Castle Crashers as a deceptive simplicity that sucks you right in. Because it does harken back to those days of the beat-em-ups, but in a its own art style, its own way, especially having each character have like their own magic power, their own alternate to it, which is like a fast or like a, a strong magic power, as well as using the little animal companions to either, like we said earlier, improve your weapons, uh, increase more gold, increase more experience. You know, there's, there's so much to it. And it was such a fun, simplistic game to jump into that really harkens back to what games are. They are fun. They are, they are immersive in that way, and they let you play with friends. And that was one of the biggest things with Castle Crashers that really kept us playing was not only be able to jump in and out, but to bring new friends on who could level up pretty quickly to get to where we were, to play with where we are, and to experience the game in and of itself. So, I think everyone knows why we picked it, but Derek, let the people know, why did we pick this, and kind of what do you think of it? I mean, definitely for those memories for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, going back to that, it is beautiful in its simplicity. This game, it, it has those beat-em-up qualities. One of my favorite games of all time, and I still play it, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Manhattan Project mm-hmm. is a side-scrolling, you can play two-player, beat-em-up style game. I mean, I grew up on those kind of games. I, I loved the Ninja Turtle series of games in that regard. I loved going to arcades, um, or at least seeing arcade machines and, and playing those style of games. So for me, getting this on a console was fantastic. But on top of that, the replay value can't be understated because as you beat the game with those original knights, you end up getting new knights that sort of correlate to each individual knight. Mm-hmm. You have a reason to play as one of the original four. You have a reason to play as one of the, the additional characters you unlock after that. And I, I think each train of character unlocks at the end a third character. And then, of course, all those DLCs. But leveling up throughout this as well added i think one of the most fun elements to this game because you are sure you could get like more health you get stronger just weaponry attack but getting those additional magic powers yes added in new gameplay elements as a whole as you were going throughout this thing you could get a special jump attack and eventually it culminated in each night getting their own superpower style of attack 
which made all that stuff seem really fun. You know, if, if you had a friend that was playing this as well, they were leveling up maybe their ice guy and you were leveling up your fire guy and you guys would be on screen together going back and forth, teaming up. Yeah. And, and I mean, just, just playing what feels like a really great couch co-op game, but doing it online, being able to keep that uh, experience and play on your own if you want to and come back later and say, Hey, look, I leveled up even more. You know, we can get past this hard part or whatever and additional challenges. So, I mean, just, just endless, endless replayable fun. That's exactly it is, is just having, again, this little bite-sized game. And especially at the time when we're talking the Xbox Live Arcade, which is this, at the time, new indie launch cycle. And, and you know, Microsoft can definitely be to thank for a lot of these indie titles getting a platform to jump to that wasn't just PCs, that wasn't just having an online presence within these traditional gamers that are playing through Steam or, or through whatever else they're playing on to try and get this or jumping from new grounds or wherever you're playing these Flash games to have it actually on a console and to build that console market with Super Meat Boy, Bastion, and the likes. And for this to have the legs that it did to sell millions of copies over multiple years, multiple platforms, and to get this resurgence that you have this new generation playing it on you know, the new PlayStation and playing it on, on Switch is so cool. And I, I love the indie markets for this. I love that it's such a supportive market. I love that they're over there being like, hey, Meat Boy, come on over here. And these other like weird games that Behemoth creates, you know, in Battle Block Theater, in Pit People, in these later titles they have that still hold that funky art style they built. But jumping from hack and slash to Battle Block being a platformer to Pit People being this kind of like Fire Emblem-esque style of game is, is really cool to see this built upon it. And so I'm definitely excited to have the indie revolution coming out of this era into what we see today and just like paving the way for Stardew Valley, paving the way for Undertale, paving the way for No Man's Sky overall as being an independent developer that, you know, ends up getting published by Sony. But to get this going is, is so much fun. It's so cool. And that's why we have the itty bitty indie committee as we're calling it now. It doesn't relate to anything else. Don't Google anything else related to those words because that is the term we are using, and I'm unfortunately sticking with it because it kind of rhymes. I'm just sitting here. They can't see me, but I'm shaking my head just <laughs> slowly. Just Listen, I don't oh, prep man. the words that come out of my mouth when we start, and then they just kind of spill over, and this is where we land. That's podcasting, baby. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's our wrap of some Castle Crashers. Uh, what else should we cover on our IBIC, the IBIC, on IBIC? What else should we cover to get some more cool indie titles, whether we're talking like real old indies in the 80s of these small little companies that built it or into the kind of 08s and beyond? Let us know and we'll uh, add it to our indie list. And should Castle Crashers get a sequel? I remember this was the hot debate when this game came out. Still haven't gotten it. Just been getting remastered once. Is this a game that deserves mm. a sequel? Should we see more indie sequels? Because that is something we do not get very often. Or do indie titles 
really sit in a good place right now by not trying to capitalize on their own success. Very true. Let us know on our socials, listed below, listed above, listed in your head. You know where we are. And uh, we will catch you guys on our next Ibic. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>